he just happens to be an insane person and believes an, the world an is an actual flat lunatic and, an actual <laughs> yeah. lunatic yeah <laughs> an actual lunatic who has more basketball talent than borderline anyone who's ever lived but still so much talent but then so much talent then squanders a majority of that playing in a city that requires a vaccination mandate and says no i'm not going to do it and then also by the way that whole flat earth thing i think it's true the flat earth thing is is a harder pill for me personally to swallow with him and the fact that he like he was there have been stretches of his career where he just didn't play for a number of reasons not even just new york state mandates and i don't want to talk about it boggles my mind that somebody who makes a living handling spheres (laughs) right believes that where he lives is a, is, a flat, is a flat plane and <laughs> someone who spends more time than almost anyone on an airplane right yeah presumably looking out the window but maybe not uh anyway oh my God. these have been my thoughts on almost for sure future laker Kyrie Irving <laughs> hey, you know why I love MMA so much it's pretty neat that is 100% true but it's also because it brings us together For everyone out there, thanks for coming to the Pretty Neat Podcast. Welcome, goodbye, hello, uh, good night, whatever, however that song goes from that musical where they sing about so long and farewell. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Off Vita Zang. Afita saying, yes. You know what? <clears throat> I think that my fandom, my fandom of the Lakers suffers year after year when they make these lengths to bring on questionable personnel, right? Okay. Talented. Russell, Russell Westbrook. Russell okay. Westbrook. Um, but but you understand that they gave up basically nothing for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, but now they're saddled with his contract. Yeah, that yes, that that's but a huge negative. It is. That, that's that's poor planning. It's poor planning. But if it this is like saying like my brother is a Laker fan and he contends <laughs> that the Anthony Davis trade was a bad idea, that they should have kept all the young players, the, the young players who, by the way, have played collectively, I think, four playoff games. And the Lakers won the title with Anthony Davis. You can't you can't draft the the fucking. What is the NBA championship trophy called? The Larry O'Brien trophy. You cannot draft the Larry O'Brien trophy. Here's the thing, though. Brandon Ingram's not winning it for you. You have to play a scheme. Is Brandon Ingram going to do more for the Lakers scheme than Russell Westbrook on the perimeter? But they didn't trade Brandon Ingram for Russell Westbrook. They traded Brandon Ingram for for Anthony Davis. Davis. They traded Kyle Kuzma for Russell Westbrook. I would have kept Kyle Kuzma, who has a great three and D. He yes. sees he's not a great three or a great D. Kyle Kuzma is 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 a better perimeter now. Okay, let's qualify this. He's a better uh-huh. perimeter defender now than Russell Westbrook is and can guard more positions. Uh he can guard more positions. I don't I would have to really dig into the advanced okay, stats on yeah, his yeah, defense. That's, that's more analytics, right? But he is a better of, three-point shooter. Although only yes. slightly, actually, thirty-four percent on the season. I think Westbrook settled in around twenty-seven. Something embarrassing. Westbrook should not be allowed to shoot them. But right, he's a 
who is he? He reminds me of a more athletic, offensively minded version of the Boston Celtics point guard Rondo. He he, he seems like a more defensively sound, athletically gifted, offensively minded Rajon Rondo with poor decision making. <laughs> yeah, honestly, if you could fuse, if you could fuse Westbrook's everything with rondo's decision making you've got you have playoff caliber right clutchness if that's even a thing but people forget when westbrook was in oklahoma city alone after durant left he got that team to the playoffs basically single-handedly a couple years in a row he pulled a motherfucking kobe bryant all he did was the ball every single time i take all the shots i go to the lane every single time i'm going to the line to shoot 15 to 20 free throws a game and here's the thing when Kobe was doing that, it's because he had, in his words, you've got me running around out here with Smush Parker and Samaki Walker or Smush Parker. And who was the other one? They had Samaki Walker actually in the shack years. Hmm. I'm not even the biggest basketball it was, fan. It was I'm a fucking Kobe. Loving. Listen to this shit. You guys are, I love this. It was, it was one of Kobe's <laughs> kind of like secretly. Are we, are we <laughs> kinda, talking about the year that he put up the the sixty three in Toronto? Uh, let's go ahead and say eighty one, sir. Okay. Uh, the didn't he put up sixty three in Toronto as well? He did, and then he also had like fifty seven or fifty eight in three quarters against Dallas, which was I, I think was in some way more impressive than the. Uh, the, the the first Google response is what happened to Kobe's friend Smush Parker. <laughs> Notably not friends. Uh against the Mavericks, he had like 58 or 60 and three quarters, which is more okay, impressive so to me in, in the some game, ways than 81. In, in, in the game that Kobe scored 81, mm-hmm. the final score was 122 to 104. Yeah. On the Toronto <laughs> Raptors, starting five was Chris Bosch, Matt Bonner. James Peterson and then Jalen Rose. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, um, for the Toronto Raptors, that has to be late career Jalen Rose. Mm-hmm. Starting five, Los Angeles Lakers, Lamar Odom. Remember that guy? I do. Power forward. Reading Rainbow. Kobe Bryant starting at small forward. Chris Mim. Chris Motherfucking Mim. Kwame Brown. They had yep. two centers. Kwame starting. Brown. You've got me Kwame running around Brown. with Coach Parker and Kwame Brown is what he said. Coach <laughs> Parker was the starting point guard who played 35 minutes and took 11 shots. How many shots? Did, <laughs> took 11 shots, which is the second most amount of shots taken in the game. Kobe yeah. Bryant took 46 That's right. shots. That's right. Shot 20 free throws, was 18 for 20, took 13 three-point shots, and was 7 of 13, which is far higher than his historic career average. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other three points made were Lamar Odom, who was one for two, and Smush, who was one for five. Hey. We had uh, the Jordan never scored 81. Sergey Medvedev. Um, Brian Medvedenko. Cook. Medvedenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Walton was on that. Who? Luke uh, Walton. Luke Walton. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie Turioff. Oh, Ronnie Turioff. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Sasha Bujacic, mm-hmm, the machine. Him. Um, the hey, Lakers he were... hit he hit two free throws to beat the Celtics in 2010 in the in the finals. Yes, and then notoriously suffered a case of the 
would you call those the yips? It, it's not the right sport, uh, but a, a lack of something like that. Yes. Shooting the three pointers <laughs> where he couldn't make a three pointer to save his life. Aaron, the yips is being. a baseball term where suddenly the second baseman or whoever can't make the routine throw to first base. Thanks. Is that it's for, really? It's is, is that before or after they hit a field goal? It's very, very strange to watch when hmm. it happens. Yeah, I've, that's when they run up with like the red card. Is it at least so, sparkly? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, <laughs> I guess the moral of the story is, yeah, Kobe Bryant has a point <laughs> or had a point. Yeah. <laughs> I. Who, el- so, who else is going to take the shot? He played the whole fucking game. He played forty-two <laughs> minutes. He had to play the whole yeah. fucking game. The to beat the Toronto Rock, <laughs> Toronto Rock Raptors. God, I can't talk. Who were fourteen and twenty-seven? By the way, hey, at that Jordan, time in the season, Jordan never scored eighty-one. And in the words of, I think someone, believe me, he tried. Uh, so the Lakers, when I was growing up, were in my family appointment television for us in the Shaq Kobe years, especially. Uh, yeah, uh, literally, my whole family would get together every single night, and then. We, you know, my whole family's still Laker fans. My dad did not come around on Kobe Bryant until relatively recently, like a year or two before he died or no, before he retired. Sorry. Um, I, we would argue for hours because he would say, oh, Kobe needs to play less selfishly. Magic was so unselfish, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dad, Magic was passing to Kareem Abdul fucking Jabbar and James Worthy and Byron Scott. And uh, the guy who coached the Sparks for a long time, what is his name? Uh, defensive player. Damn it. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Well, I look it up. Um, <laughs> the point is, he passed to, he had some incredible players to pass to. Michael Cooper. Okay. <laughs> Coop? That's not ex- Jamal Wilkes, Norm Nixon. Heard of him? That's not exactly. Smush Parker and Kwame Brown and Chris Mann. Okay, Kobe has no one to pass to. <laughs> All right, welcome to this episode of the Pretty Neat Podcast. That's right. It's titled "Fucking Neat." Kobe had no one to pass to. Hashtag two thousand six. Well, really five until whenever they traded for Pau Gasol. Kobe had no one to pass to. Done. I guess Pau people liked I guess people like the ovaries title. They do. I mean, yeah. who doesn't who doesn't Hey, we found out who's are bigger. We did. Oh, it, hell yeah. Is this a we can't transition we, yeah, why don't we just transition to the re recap this way? Yeah? What from the off from the <laughs> offhand early two thousands Lakers conversation we just had? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a what we call a pro transition, people. <laughs> UFC 277 happened this past weekend. I got to start with congratulating the Pretty Neat Podcast's yeah. own Dominic, because you killed it with your parlay congratulations on that Thanks. brandon moreno under four and a half right i'm yep par- parlayed with amanda to win i am taking Beautiful. uh william hill sportsbook for not even close to all of what they have but something <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna do anything special with the money probably yeah yeah probably. more more bets 
reinvest no, in the show? No, I, I've had my eye on a couple of uh, computer hardware accessories. Beauty, beauty. Mm-hmm. I like that. Keep on minding that crypto. I got gotcha. you. Well, congrats. Mm, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Are we still pretending crypto is a real thing as like society? <laughs> Last I'm told, uh, the NFTs are only accepted at Amazon stores, <laughs> but not yeah. Whole Foods. Go or figure. Amazon Fresh, which is a fucking experience. Anyway, I digress. I, I asked somebody at a, at a, the Amazon store, which is weird because there's one here in, in Austin, if I could pay with an NFT, and I got the blankest stare I've yeah. ever received in my life. <laughs> what do they have at the Amazon store? I got to tell you, imagine the home screen if it was a place. Okay. <laughs> and but the algorithms my... for you don't work. Okay. So... I was going to say my home screen is. Yeah. You're using a VPN. You're yeah, using okay. a VPN okay. in Hollywood. And that's what comes up. Got it. Yeah. It's it's pretty wild place. The benefit of having one is you can return shit you bought on Amazon there. Yeah, I mean, and that is hyper convenient. Yeah, uh, in 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 terms of that. But yo, <laughs> back to UFC two seventy seven. Let's just start with Amanda. I mean, I, I've got to say, I called this ass fucking backwards. I thought yes, the long did. I thought the longer it went, the better it looked for Juliana and a gassing Amanda. And um, really, you're the one who sort of called this one in in a lot of ways. Me? Yeah. I don't know. So here's the deal. I I picked her last week, and I I said that I had to because I bet on her. I'm pretty sure, Ryan, you picked her as well. I did. Aaron, Mm -hmm. you picked Juliana. Uh, Ryan and I both picked an early stoppage for Amanda. Okay. Um, And I didn't, my bet, I just had Amanda on the money line. I just needed her to win. Now, I texted both of you on Saturday and said I was getting a feeling Juliana was going to win. I just had, you know, sometimes you get that weird like, oh, Stipe is not going to beat Francis this time. I can just see it in the way they're walking into the arena. And like I said, I didn't I didn't suddenly hedge my bet and put money on Pena. I didn't do anything like that. Um, And man, Amanda just Amanda just (laughs) basically said, hey. You guys think she's better than me? You think I'm making excuses when I say COVID in my knee stopped me from training the way I should have? <laughs> I'm going to beat the fuck out of her for 25 minutes. And how the way I'm going to do that, I'm going to knock her down three times in the second round. And I'm talking flat on her back. Juliana was out at one point. It was some point in the second round, I believe. You can see it in the replay in her eyes. She's out on her feet. Yeah, she wasn't looking at Amanda. In boxing... That third knockdown, the ref stops it. I'm not saying they should have stopped it in this fight. I'm saying in boxing, that third knockdown, the ref is saying this is over. We're not doing this anymore. She knocked her down at least once, but I think twice in the first round. Amanda, someone started to say Joe and and Anik and and fucking DC or whoever it was started to say, oh, Pena's got her. She's got her. No, she was holding her glove. Those those arm bar and triangle attempts are because she was holding her glove. You're not allowed to do that. She was never close to the omoplata. They just wanted her to be. The people who say it was closer than 50-45 or 50-44 or 50-43 are morons. You were not watching the fight. Amanda was better than her at everything for every second of that fight. The advanced stats overwhelmingly show that. It's not even, it wasn't even fucking 
close. And the one time it looked like Amanda maybe did get wobbled a little bit and that really swollen right eye is because there was a clash of heads. Yeah. There, there was uh, Juliana could do nothing. And I'm cherry picking a little bit from a couple of other MMA podcasts here, but yeah. what's Juliana going to do? She's going to get better exponentially at every facet of her game by December to fight her again. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, I want to throw, I'm in line with you on everything you said. I want to throw two things at Ryan. The first is with, uh, I mean, for me, Juliana Pena has now lost six rounds to Amanda, right? <laughs> and then Juliana came back and, and finished it in that. So it wasn't necessarily fluky, but dude, I was watching it and a minute into it, I was thinking to myself, if Ryan was next to me, he's going, holy shit, Amanda's going southpaw this whole fight. And Juliana's got nothing. <laughs> and I imagined you, you saying that to me. You and know I, the fucking ovaries you have to have to be like, <laughs> what if I just box her southpaw? What I'm, if I just do that? Let me show you how much fucking better I am. Than and I could picture you, Ryan, saying, and that's how she deployed that left fucking hook. So Ooh. how did how do you think was that how Amanda did it? <laughs> I mean, it's a clear strategy, right? Because yeah. that's not something she's employed before. Mm-hmm. At the same time, right? You 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 even put it in the notes, right? She she had a corner come out of retirement to come in. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was part of this camp going on her own, leaving it was ATT, right? She left ATT and opened up her own camp. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was his first time ever at a live UFC event, and he was cornering the lioness. <laughs> in in one of, and I, I don't want to be too much of a prisoner of the moment, in one of the most, the, some of the highest stakes for any defend or any champion, any, any, not, obviously Amanda wasn't champion. What am I trying to say? I would say legacy. The, it was a legacy defense. The stakes were defense. so high. We're so yeah. high in this fight for Amanda. And yeah, that's that is not nothing for whoever she, her coach was. Hey, I she earned that crown. Seriously. She's a she's a goddess. And we we were talking about it earlier uh, on the last episode. If she dominates this fight, is is she for sure like the women's goat? And I she was, already was. She is. Yeah. She definitely was. And this was like the confirmation we needed. Um so hats off to Amanda. Holy all, shit. All people are saying about Pena is, oh, look how tough she was. Look how tough she was. Mm-hmm. That means she just got punched for 25 minutes. This is the fucking Chris Moutinho <laughs> argument. Chris Moutinho <laughs> was not tough. He can just get punched by Sean O'Malley a million times. I don't care about that. Yeah. That, fair enough. <laughs> it was still a good fight. It wasn't a lackluster fight. In what sense? It was a good fight in the sense that it was entertaining. Just how much better Amanda is. Yeah. It was nice. It felt it felt good. It felt good to watch somebody really do what they're good at. Yeah. Uh and and you know what? Brandon Moreno and Kai Car France is another example of that. Mm-hmm. Not to like straight transition that way, but but that was Brandon Moreno looks so confident. He looks so comfortable and it looked like he was fighting Davidson again. He was just on it. He was ready. Um, 
and fuck man the liver the liver KOs two of them and in the title fight what and not even just that the how red Car France's ribs were was (laughs) what did you think of that fight Ryan it pretty well went down kind of how you called it uh i mean i I really like brandon moreno i I think that's probably just a personal bias um even though i do like kaikara france uh Mm -hmm. part of that decision making was just right recency bias recency of bias aside right i think brandon moreno's shown a better track record against more top level competition yeah and and you know there's been some counter arguments or analysis that said they prior to that liver shot right they they thought that the the fight was actually going kk's way right that he was probably outpointing and outmaneuvering brandon moreno um which you know i may have some disagreement to because that's a mm-hmm. that's a cumulative effect right and it continued yeah. to go to the body so i mean i can understand to a certain degree if that doesn't happen with that devastating shot, could it be scored a different way? Yeah, potentially, but but that's not how it went down, right? We're just we're just speculating at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that Kaikara France has a lot more room to grow, and he will likely do so. Uh, but this just wasn't his time. And and Brandon Moreno, you know, thinking back to being in the UFC as like a twenty-one-year-old getting cut being on the regional circuit, coming back, facing adversity, mm-hmm. and just the the traje- trajectory of growth that he has shown um, over the last like four or five fights. It's I'm excited to see the the fourth, the motherfucking fourth yeah. Brandon Moreno, <laughs> Davison Figueroa fight. Yeah. So so you know what's strange is Kaikara France is actually a little older than Brandon Moreno. Mm-hmm. That feels weird to me. Yeah. Brandon Moreno is impossible not to like. <laughs> and so it's, it is that, that bias thing you're talking about is very real when I watch him too. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I was paying close enough attention to the fight to say that France was winning up to that point. I've heard people say he was winning the third round. Um, he got some good be, shots in, but that may very well be true. Um but Moreno stalled his combos, you know, and and Kai catches people and swarms. And this, you know, he would catch Moreno, but Moreno has the the experience at this point and the, the confidence to recover. And I don't think that those swarms were as effective when they even got there. It, like it, it, it usually even went to the ground at that point. And it only went to the ground, what, twice? In the whole fight, uh, it was not on the ground much. There was but only one takedown successfully done by Kai Car. Kai is one of two. I feel yeah, like Brandon okay. got up pretty quick, though. Yeah. So even that so, is blurry to me. But so Brandon Moreno, so he's gonna fight Figueroa a third time. The fourth, whole fourth time. Fourth time, excuse me. Um, what's weird though is people forget, and I always forget that first fight was a draw. Yep. A majority draw or whatever. So he's he technically has only lost to Figueredo the one time. Um by decision. Uh yeah, well, we were there for that. And I I'll have to go back and watch that fight again. I I don't know what to think. I don't think I've seen it since being there in person. And it's hard to judge from that perspective. Mm-hmm. 
I did um, go back and watch it. Uh, you know, in person, it felt way more Moreno's way. Well, yeah, yeah, us and eighteen thousand of our closest friends, <laughs> yeah, going who, to fucking ape shit when he came out. Yeah, yeah, two hours from the Mexican border, and and so like that was probably a little bit of it. Well, a lot of it. Uh, okay. Watching it on the broadcast, uh, you know, the commentary team was actually quite level with the two of them, but it looked a little bit more Davidson's way. Okay. If That's I had fair. watched it. Uh, if I had been there, I probably would have put it his way too. So they're going to fight a fourth time. Dana White, I don't know if you guys saw his press conference after the event. I always like to watch those. He always gives like the gate and the total money they made for the day, at least from ticket sales. He doesn't do pay-per-view. He says if anyone had to go to the hospital, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, he he doesn't censor himself when they ask him questions. And he said, he admitted, like, I don't like to do the fourth fight. I think in the case of these guys, it makes sense. And then he said, and, and when I was watching it live, it didn't dawn on me that it would be disrespectful to Brandon Moreno to have Figueroa come into the cage yeah. like that. It mm-hmm. felt awkward. And that's because it turns out they didn't plan that. It just sort of happened. Yeah. And then very clear, the more awkward thing was when they tried to get Brandon Moreno to say something and he instead went the other way and said, I'm not going to be the guy on TV talking shit to somebody else while my daughter watches because I need to set a good example for her, which is like, dude, I couldn't love you more. And now, now there's there's not a single thing about you I don't like. Uh-huh. It was pretty clear that Figueroa had does not speak a word of English because he had no idea what was going on. And mm-hmm. somebody had to translate it for him like really quickly. And then you can see his demeanor change. And then Dana White, after the fact, said like, we probably shouldn't have done that. It, it wasn't <laughs> meant to be disrespectful. It just sort of happened. We didn't really plan it. And I actually believe him. Um, it's the so other. True. You're right, though, though. The, the Davidson, though, looked like he did not understand because Brendan no, Moreno no was so respectful. He had and no like clue. And like like 90 percent way through the translation to davis and you could tell he yeah. realized brandon yeah. wasn't being a shithead yeah <laughs> and he was like oh i have to change everything i rehearsed yeah for sure <laughs> in the mirror at the bathroom at the hotel a hundred percent so funny the other so, interesting post fight press conference thing except for what dana had to say about jake paul was when amanda said i could have finished her early I wanted to take her to decision to show everyone how much better I am or some, some version of that in, in, you know, in her own words. Do you believe that? I see. So when fighters say that I essentially never do, I think in this case I do though. Really? Yeah. Because though she's 34, why would she want to go to a decision if she could finish it early? I think as soon as she knew Mm -hmm. she was that much better, she was in no real danger. there's you know juliana did a lot of talking and i think it bothered amanda and she was like i'm not going to be cyborg i'm not going to be ronda rousey i'm not just going to lose and then suddenly you're never going to hear from me again Mm -hmm. i'm gonna dominate her to the tune of 50 43 how many 50 43s do you think we've seen in any ufc fight all year let alone much less that title fight a championship fight yeah and not even just your standard championship fight so much on the line for amanda and so i kind of do believe her yeah i i'm especially because of her style change she effectively after the second round didn't strike with her anymore and just took her down over and over and over again and then (laughs) 
busted her up with those elbows. My God. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Brandon Moreno, Davis and Figueredo four. Um, <laughs> honestly, if if Moreno can win, I say run it back a fifth time. Best three out of five. You Kinda. know, the yeah. draw makes that tough, but it, it, it does. I mean, but you're not that far off by saying like they may fight five times because other than Kaikara France, who kind of emerged as the next best title threat. I mean, are we talking about Askar Askarov or Pantoja? Pantoja. Yeah, that's a good call. Pantoja. Or Manel, Manel Cop with maybe a couple more wins. But yeah. Who else? Yeah. Flyweight's not that exciting right now. I mean, it's exciting. Flyweights are fucking I, exciting. Yeah, the fighters, think... the fights are exciting, but the bracket that exists right now, I should say. It, it, it's will. like, okay, tell me like who, who are the top five flyweights, right? You got Ansaroff, Pantoja. Figueredo, Ansaroff, Pantoja. Evlev. Royval, I think it lost to Askarov. Um, Manel Cobb's uh, in the top 10. Pantoja. UFC has him 13. Manel Cobb. beat God another damn. guy. Uh Anyway, it's but yeah, Elliot's I mean, the, the, in there. Matt Schnell's fun. Matt yeah. Schnell is fun, but mm-hmm. he's going to lose against elite competition because he just goes punch for punch. Um, <laughs> That's you're going to say because he's just not good enough. Because <laughs> you know he's not that good. <laughs> he just kind of sucks. I like Matt Schnell. I think that fight was so like so such as just a testament to his will to win. Like oh, I yeah. am not going to lose <laughs> that fight. Yep, but he's going to lose. To anybody in the top five, I've mm-hmm. got a rookie card for each you in that box for Match Now. I'm so excited to send it. <laughs> Enjoy your fucking Match Schnell rookie card. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys will because I'm sending them to you. Mm. I want to go back to Brandon Moreno for a second for two reasons. Well, first of all, Jamie Krause. I mean, coached him, was in his corner. This was his first fight uh, as his Yeah, corner. where is that? Kansas City or something? Missouri. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I mean, Kansas City is in Missouri. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. And Kansas. <laughs> uh, but it, it's glory, glory MMA. Yeah. Here's the thing. Of yeah. all the cities that some of these fight camps are in, like <laughs> Vegas, to me, I would not have the discipline. Kansas City, I'd be like, I'll, I'll train and eat all the barbecue. Mm-hmm. barbecue like mm-hmm. so we're gonna have to work out something to where like i can just slather myself in fucking barbecue sauce and ribs because and, hey maybe that's why brandon marina went for the ribs <laughs> hey hey uh, but you we have do- to braise them for a long time not we- not a ton of fat on kai Carfons. <laughs> that's really true but we do also though have to give jamie krause a well-deserved PNP Phoenix song because he did announce his retirement. But boy, he's been around. <laughs> the say goodbye every time. Every time. Goodbye. <laughs> it's and the little the whisper. The little tiny fart at the end is what I like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jamie Krause, uh, peace out. You, we loved you in the UFC, and you're going to be a great coach, as demonstrated by Moreno. Um, I don't want to talk about Derek Lewis anymore. So uh, <laughs> let's no, let's, come on. You have let's. to. You, we got to call you on the carpet for that. You yeah, man. I wanted him said to no knock him out. Here's the deal, Aaron. Here's let me ask you this. That was a good stoppage. We it know was early, but think. it was good. 
We know what I think. Yeah. What do you think? I don't think Derek Lewis wants to fight anymore. I'm not sure he ever actually did. I think and now I think he point. definitely yep. really super doesn't. I have no idea what his financial state is or what his like post fight earnings potential post fight career earnings potential is. I don't want to take anything away from him. I don't, I truly don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I think you're right. I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't know what you do with him from here. Yeah. It didn't matter that he was getting back up. He fell flat on his fucking head and he wasn't defending shit. And the thing is, he wasn't going to win. I, at first I thought that's not an early, that's not an early stoppage. That's a smart stoppage. Then I saw the replay and I thought, no, it's an early stoppage, but he wasn't going to win. It wasn't going to happen. Mm-mm. And that was a minute into the fight. I had no hope. I had no hope. Uh, the Magomed on of Anthony Smith fight. <laughs> I didn't see Anthony going down that hard that fast. Uh, you're, I guess just gonna, you're just going to breeze leg. right over Pantoja and Perez? Hey, that was a great body kick. It was really exciting. I mean, Perez looked fucking phenomenal for a while. And I'm looking forward to them in flyweight. That's for sure. Okay. But um, <laughs> those liver kicks, man. <laughs> well, that was a neck crank. Was it? Was that the neck crank? Yes. I was thinking something the, else. It, uh, that was the first round sub. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yes. The other the other liver one, was it Drew Dober? Yeah, yep. It was or, Drew Dober, or Rafael Alves. Michael Morales. Nope, it was Drew Dober. Okay, that's right. I remember talking to my wife about his face. Uh, she <laughs> also... <Dobers>? Yeah. <laughs> she a got, fan? Uh, he kind of looks like uh, Damien from The Mask when he puts it on at the end. Okay. <laughs> that's a very, that's very, a very specific, specific reference. reference. <laughs> I'm just an ex-employee who's come for his back pay or should I say pay back? Well, look it up and then look at Dro Dober. What, what can I say? <laughs> the Mask. Um, I haven't seen that movie in um she did think that our determination of the the semmelsberger fugget name championship bout was was pretty was pretty on par who uh, did I'll, she crown in that one she actually crowned a card that she pulled uh from a 2011 box we bought of cards for the ufc and that would be cyril diabate which is a <laughs> mortal Kombat character's name and <laughs> <laughs> I've what? never heard of him before, <laughs> but cereal diabate is just like Matt. Sounds like cereal diabetes. <laughs> I meant for the the fug it. Uh, uh, yeah, Semmelsberger. Who did she prefer? Uh, you know, as 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 delicious as a Smellsburger smells. Yeah, you can't beat a clan of fuggets if they walk into the room. And once we were talking about the fuggit family and um, and all of them in attendance at the fight, we got lost. Or or more accurately, you can beat them by third round <laughs> knockout, but I digress. Fair. Oh, that's totally fair. Uh, damn, got a little satchel. Anyway, Magomed and Anthony Smith. Yeah. So he broke it. Anthony Smith's leg probably broke from a kick early in the round. Is that I think they I'm said told? it's not broken, but they initially said it was. Okay. So just did he, he got class, but I mean, in the first round, Anthony Smith did exactly what he said he was going to do, which was put Magomed on his back foot. 
And so, I mean, these two as top contenders, they're still way the fuck up there to me. Uh, and I enjoyed it immensely. And I still want to see Magomed do an Abraham Lincoln cosplay at some point. <laughs> uh, it's a personal thing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's Does he... <laughs> I was going to do a give me liberty or give me death joke right there. And then I, I chose not to because obviously <laughs> that's not Abraham Lincoln. That was the whole point yeah. is that it's not. I yeah. would say they are properly ranked. Ankalaev is third and Smith is at fifth. Mm-hmm. Maybe if Tiago wins on Saturday, you flip flop him and Anthony Smith. But Sure. I'm right there too. Uh, let, we'll continue through the prelims. Uh, I've just breezed through them here before we get into some other pretty neat stuff. Uh, Alex Morono uh, eked out a decision against Mel Semmelsberger. I thought that was a little bit up there. I actually th- thought that Matt did enough. That was just me. Um, but uh, Drakkar close, another close decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Fugget, you know, the unfortunate Fugget loss. What can we say? Um, shit, maybe he was the one who got kicked in the liver. I don't remember. It was uh, one of those two. Oh, yeah. No, uh, this says punch, but it was a body shot punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was a fun night of fights, that's for sure. Uh, our friend Mike Diamond, that was a questionable decision to me. Mm-hmm. You're talking about... I'm talking about Blood Diamond, but apparently his name is Mike. You're talking about um, Cubic Zirconia? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now- he badly outclassed Orion... Koski? Kosh? How do you say that? Uh, in total strikes, significant strikes, head strikes, body strikes, leg strikes. Uh, <laughs> it was control time for Orion that made the difference, I guess, but I don't know. I mean, do you think he should have been able to finish that fight when they both had that, like, rocky moment where they both hit each other with the spinning back fists? I do. I <sighs> do. Because, Maybe. I mean, obviously the other fighter, and I don't I don't know how to pronounce his name. Took uh, took the worst of it, but he should have pressed the action more mm-hmm. and forced the stoppage. Yeah, it's that, and it also felt like it felt like at the end of every round, Diamond just found a way to look like he was getting his ass kicked. Like even though he was performing so well, just in the last mm. minute, he would get thrown to the ground and handled for yeah, that's fair. a little bit. And it just, he looked terrible at a so couple think, like, of moments. The way that he's- the way he's ending the rounds, like swayed the judges. Is that what you're trying to say? Maybe. I mean, they're not supposed to take it that way. They're supposed to do it cumulatively, right? <laughs> oh, but... we're going to talk about what they're supposed to do now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> either either way, there's a there's something to be said about looking good when you're performing well. Yeah, hundred percent. And and he doesn't. He he. Every time he's in trouble, he looks like he's in a fuck ton of trouble. And it went maybe he was maybe he wasn't and it just came off bad, but I don't know. So he's now he's now Owen too. Yeah. I don't understand why you go with Blood Diamond as your nickname. Well, isn't it from isn't it like the African uh, mining camps where right? he's from and he's trying to bring awareness is, to is, is that what he's he's from Zimbabwe? Is that what he's trying to do? Yeah, it had something to do with that. Okay. Well I recall an interview with him. I guess that's uh, okay. So he but, says the term is used to highlight negative consequences, but um, that's just the blood diamond trained. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It was a fun, fun night of fights. It um, was a 
fucking video about it. Yeah. It wasn't a not fun night of fights. I'll say that. No. You know what, though? I, I will say this. I was so like, I love MMA. I didn't pay. I, I didn't buy the, I didn't buy the pay-per-view. Cause I was like, do I really, am I going to spend $75 for this? We talked about that last week. Not the most viable pay-per-view. No, no. If you're going to, and if you want people to buy the pay-per-view, you got to listen to Izzy and call it UFC 277 chicks and midgets. Chicks and midgets. That's how you sell a fucking pay-per-view. Well, we just need, we need Israel to get into marketing with the UFC, right? In a more, in a more pronounced manner. Yep. (laughs) They've got to capitalize on it while he's still champion. I'll say that much. While he's still champion? Oh, because Alex Pereira. All I'm saying is that's two weeks in a row I've worked in a slide parade is going to beat him. Have, reference, and I'm, I'm going to keep doing it until it happens. <laughs> I mean, it's, not, so that, it's not that sly, right? While he's still champion. <laughs> hey, hey, man. <laughs> I, I do a thing in when I'm teaching. Have I told you guys this? I, I try to work in diarrhea once per class period. Yeah, brilliant no no i've got like a 68 percent non-researched success rate um <laughs> it's simple it's it's not as hard as to do as you would think um so. <laughs> yeah you i could easily work verbal diarrhea into any of my oh no 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 I, it's actual diarrhea like there was a, a bad well, I mean, about a stomach flu bad about a stomach flu going around <laughs> And one kid, a girl, nonetheless, mentioned that she had it. She was out for like four days. She's like, I was throwing up, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, do you have diarrhea? And she was like, well, I mean, well, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, of course. Like, I hey, stomach flu. I had it too. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Or, or you know, whatever. Or, or someone will say something about Taco Bell. And I'll be like, yeah, I like that. And I like that you get free diarrhea with your order. You know, just little ways. Just to spice it up. Keep it fun. <laughs> Some people, they think it's funny. But it's really just dark and running. Diarrhea. It needn't cause you pain. Shades of brown and greens. Diarrhea.
diarrhea. When you're standing naked in your shower, you might begin to feel and smell something sour. Diarrhea. Like once every ten times. Hey, the Gigi Gordini. So you're brunch. definitely using it in context, then, right? It's not just throwing the word diary in there. <laughs> Correct. It has to make it, it is as in context as sense. I can possibly make it. Yeah, it's okay, not like good. not the meow game from Super Troopers. Right. No. Starting no, right. No, it's not meow. Yeah, no. It's starting not forced. Starting right diarrhea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Friends, before before we jump into looking at this weekend's card, which oh my god is stacked for a fight night, well, uh, we we should step into the world of hypotheticals, right? I got it. Okay, we we have some things that we have to go and explore within a humble little arena on the pretty neat podcast we like to call the Dom Dome. Oh no. The Dom Dome just went Megatron. Anyone who knows me knows that dubstep is my favorite genre of music. So I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the the dubstep theming there. <laughs> it was a track I had laying around. And you know what? I felt it was a little domey. Okay, uh, I like it. Hey, the Dom Dome. We explore the world of Dominic's mind, and we also explore the hypotheticals of what is happening anywhere in the world of anything. And there's a few things that came up recently that I think are worth looking at in the Dom Dome. 
arguments about a 28 year old Japanese man with my nearly 80 year old grandma. And does that, yeah. does that fit? <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, you, we were talking a little basketball at the beginning hmm. of the show, but prior to that, you guys were talking baseball, uh, baseball. I mean, and, what could be more topical? Yeah. Oh, I, you, the conversation you guys started that I cut off because the record button hadn't been pressed was very entertaining to me. And being that Shoei Otani is your adopted son, Dominic, um, what are your thoughts on the events? You and Ryan, uh, I, I want to hear your banter on everything going on in this last couple of days because I'm hearing other people talk about it so, and I don't like bats. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we got on the topic of conversation because obviously Juan Soto, right, made it be made it be known that he was not going to continue to play for the Washington Nationals. So who who only offered him a reported fifteen years and four hundred and forty million dollars, <laughs> which you know at twenty three I oh. could do better. Oh, he's worth every penny. Of course, for, for those yeah. who don't know, he is. He, he's on current historic Hall es- of Fame comparison. Essentially as good as anyone at his age with his service time has ever been. 100%. Correct. Correct. So he, he basically made it be known, right? Not going to play for you guys anymore. So it's probably in your best interest to trade me so you can get something in return. So he ended up going to San Diego, which... Great. <laughs> Makes them real contenders. They were already contenders. And they're they were contenders, contenders and they went from a plus 2,000 to a plus... 800 to win the world series just in the announcement of that trade and what did they give up they gave up prospects they didn't actually give up any major league talent i will go as far as to say none of those prospects will turn out to be as good as juan soto actually he's a proven commodity right even at 23 think about that who's still under contract for three more years right uh well this year and two more yeah yeah, still under contract three more years. They're obviously going to rework a deal. They're going to throw the proverbial bank at him, correct? Mm-hmm. So then the question became, there are rumors that Shohei Otani was not necessarily being shopped, but the Angels were listening to offer. So obviously the Yankees come to mind because they're all they're always going to be in the market to gain a a, a noteworthy and very talented player, one who has... I would say unique talents in the sport of baseball. Well, I, I am not being so much of a homer when I say that Shohei Otani is by far the best baseball player on earth. He is the most valuable player on earth because he does both things. This would be like if, if Tom Brady was also an elite middle linebacker. <laughs> right. If Tom really Brady would. was Brian mm-hmm. Urlacher in this if, prime. If Tom Brady was, or if, if like, It'd it'd be more like if, say, like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, I'm going to go with a slightly younger guy, again, was an all-world level quarterback and the very best free safety on earth. That's what Shohei Otani is. He is. Uh, That's an apt comparison. (sighs) Apt comparison. And, And nobody has ever done that. Babe Ruth not only could not get Shohei Otani out on the mound, but would not even make contact with a Shohei Otani pitch. So don't don't bring that weak shit around me. All right, let's 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 time for that. Nobody in the 1920s is hitting anything modern. <laughs> Correct. 
but Babe Ruth is the only comparison, which tells you how good Shohei Otani is. Yes, he he's the only person that's been a starting pitcher and then, quote unquote, a very high level slugger, which Shohei is doing in the major leagues in the modern era at an unprecedented level. Unprecedented. Hmm. Which does make his contract difficult to work out because he will be a free agent after next season. What do you do? And Shohei, Juan Soto is 23. Shohei is 28. Yeah, five years. Okay, he's still theoretically not going to hit his physical. Well, he's probably in the midst of his physical prime. I think you would agree to that. I, If there is a better physical level he can reach, I don't know that I want to be around to see it. Because then we're asking legitimately, is he some super advanced Japanese robot? (laughs) Which I say with respect. I'm literally watching him to my left as we speak. (laughs) I've seen, I've been lucky enough to see him in person numerous times. People don't even mention how fast of a runner he is. They say he would be a gold gold level outfielder if they let him play it. Like it's, there is no comparison for him. There is no, Okay, well, players like this at this age get this type of contract. There, there is none of that for him. Yeah, we're in uncharted territory when it comes to what he brings to a team. Correct. In multiple roles. And I go to a lot of Angel games every year. The Japanese media and fan contingent is exceptionally significant. Huh. Well, I mean, they're, they're already rabid, right? Think yes. about... You know, uh, Ichiro, when he came over, just the, mm-hmm. the, the Japanese level of coverage yep. for him coming over. And he was, I, I, I want to say, into his late 20s or early 30s when he came over to MLB Correct. from the Japanese. Otani is unique because he came over here when he was so young. Yeah, yep. absolutely. He was already a proven commodity. So here's the thing, right? We're talking about should the Angels trade Otani? And Dom, you said, yeah, because what... The Padres gave away for Juan Soto, who we've just established is playing at a level at age of 23 that is in line with all people that are proven Hall of Famers. Top flight Hall of Famers at that. Right. Yeah. Shohei Otani, who has no direct comparison other than Babe Ruth. Heard of him? And he's he's doing it better (laughs) than that fucking white dude by a lot (laughs) by a lot bambino who is going to be a free agent in two years and has essentially said i'm not going to resign with the angels unless something dramatic happens which right now looking at the current state of the angels roster means that will never happen so baseball people think there's 25 guys on a baseball team they actually operate on a 40-man roster Mm mm-hmm I will go as far as to say I think the Angels need upgrades at 35 of those 40 spots. Hey, you're you're the avid fan there, so I'm I trust your judgment on that. I mean, I can name Mike Trout and Shohei Otani as a casual baseball viewer, but that's it from the Angels. Pujols? The, <laughs> no, he's playing for the Cardinals again. See, like that. See, that's how much I follow the Angels now. So, so here's the here's the argument, right? Do you trade Shohei Otani? <clears throat> Dom says yes. His 80-year-old grandmother says no. <laughs> we should have had her on. <laughs> Can we call her in? <laughs> <laughs> Can we uh, get her on a Zoom chat? But but I mean, obviously that's like it's it's polarizing because obviously as a Angels fan, you want to have top-tier talent and you don't get any more top tier than Shohei. 
But if you're also a diehard Angels fan and you want them to be successful and you want to live back into 2001 times when the won the World Series. 2002. 2002. Okay, yeah, 20 was, years ago. That was 20 Sorry. years ago already? Yeah, that's what the patch on the fucking jersey says. <laughs> Which was 20 years ago. You know that one player does not win a championship. Not right? in baseball. Not in baseball. Well, what sport does it win a championship in? Uh, basketball sometimes. UFC most of the time. Yeah, definitely in the <laughs> UFC. Okay. I would argue fair, there fair there point. are historical cases where one player did win an NBA title. <laughs> we did just talk about Kobe. Uh, he would not he, be on that list. He, he would not be on the list because every championship that he won, there was also a significant oh, counterpart, either Shaquille O'Neal or Pau Gasol. Yep. He needed a big man who was skilled to pair with his offensive aggressiveness mm-hmm. um but anyway we digress <laughs> so what do you think the angels could have gotten for shohei so it's funny you asked that uh i in fact and i could prove it if i sent you guys screenshots i have one of my co-workers and, and friend of mine is a is a padre fan um on friday night so my wife had to fly out of town on friday morning um, unexpectedly to Colorado for the weekend. So my grandma came over and we watched the angel game and we were talking about it. And I said, they, sh- they have to trade Shohei. Not they should, they have to, his value is never going to be higher. The longer it goes, the less contract time he has for this team to figure it out. You trade him now while his value is so high. They could go to San Diego. I literally said this. I have text message proof. They could go to San Diego. They could get Mackenzie Gore, which Washington got. Mm-hmm. They could get not three or four, but six or seven of San Diego's top prospects. You send Jared Walsh, the Angels' first baseman, to San Diego with Shohei. You get Eric Hosmer, and you insist that San Diego pays the rest of his contract. And and even then, we might still have a couple of other small moving pieces. That is the literal exact deal that San Diego agreed to for Juan Soto, except it was for four prospects, not six or eight. The literal exact deal. Hosmer said he had he was had the ability to decline the trade. He did, so they ended up trading him to Boston. I don't know if the Angels were one of the ten teams he could have denied a trade to. It doesn't matter. I literally called the trade to the player and to the structure because San Diego is paying all of Hosmer's contract. So the Angels could have had that haul from San Diego or from another team. Didn't have to be San Diego. Um, they chose not to do it. I blame the owner. Uh, the the tag I read on him in an article on ESPN last week was that he likes bright, shiny things. There was nothing brighter or shinier than Shohei Otani. My grandma said, but we need Shohei to win. I said, Grammy. Yes, I call her Grammy. I'm almost 36. We have Shohei now, and we are almost 20 games under 500. <laughs> Grammy. So there wrong. is no argument that we need Shohei to win. We have him, and we are not winning. There was a there was a two month stretch where it looked like this roster composition was going to work, and then they went into a very bizarre tailspin, and kind of really haven't pulled out of it. And that was in June, and it's August. So you need <laughs> you need depth. You need forty guys. You need a lot more than one player, and you can get a lot for this one player that the Angels have, and they should have done it. And I think the GM wanted to. Um, he was hired last year. He doesn't have the sort of emotional attachment to some of these players. Angel fans have this weird thing 
I don't know if other baseball fan fandoms do the same thing, but we sort of get our guys and we sort of say, oh, well, why aren't we winning? We have Jared Walsh and David Fletcher. It's like, well, <laughs> that's why we're not winning because we have Jared Walsh and David Fletcher. Yeah, That's why. It's not that you can't have David Fletcher on a winning team. It's just that if he's a keystone piece of your team, you're not going to win anything. It's just, it's just how it works. And they, they should have traded him. It sucks. But I was telling my grandma and, and my uncle who lives in New Jersey, but is also a huge angel fan. Like it's not sad to trade Shohei Otani. It's sad that the angels had peak Mike Trout. There has basically never been a better player alive ever. Mm-hmm. and peak Shohei Otani and somehow could not find a way to even sniff the playoffs with either of them, except in 2014 when they didn't have Shohei. That's the tragedy. The tragedy is not trading him. The tragedy is the, the sort missed of opportunity. spectacular failure and missed opportunity that they've managed yeah. to put around those two pieces. Right. Wow. You had two of the best baseball players historically, right? At the same time. At the same time. And not in a Mike Trout, Albert Pujols situation. Right. And they couldn't get to the fucking playoffs. They can't even get to the fucking playoffs. When, by the way, Major League Baseball expanded the playoff field not once, but twice. So (laughs) don't bring this shit around me. I legitimately considered jumping to the Padres at one point earlier this year. I, I don't believe in switching the team that you're a fan of um, unless they move, like move cities. And I'm not talking like if the Angels built a stadium in Long Beach or even Vegas, they'd have to move to fucking Louisville, Kentucky or something. They'd have to make a significant move. Like when the Rams left for St. Louis the first time, okay, jump off with the Rams. That's fine. Or wait it out, jump on when they come back. I don't care. I considered jumping. The Padres are kind of my national league team. I follow them. When the playoffs start, I'll watch them. Um, I considered jumping because... (laughs) I started to think like I have this rule that I made up for myself that I'm going to be a fan of the Rams, the Lakers and the angels. It would make more sense to be Rams, Lakers, Dodgers, but whatever. Um, (laughs) Right. Cause the Dodgers, you hear that Vince Scully passed away. I did. I did. Pouring out for Vince Scully. Yeah. Oh, where, where is it that he deserves it? Oh yeah. Vince Scully. May your voice ring through the halls of heaven. <laughs> you know what? It, it should be said. I want to get off my angel soapbox. It just depresses me. I decided not to jump because I don't believe in it. And mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But um, the city of Los Angeles at one point simultaneously <clears throat> had Vin Scully, Chick mm-hmm. Hearn, Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who did the Clippers was there for like almost 40 years. And uh, uh, who was the Kings announcer that was there forever? You're a Kings fan. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but he had to retire because he got throat cancer. That's right. But he was there forever. <laughs> yeah. And they had the, that was the thing is LA had the best play by plays. They had in the every best. sport simultaneously. Mm-hmm. simultaneously. Yep. That is so true. We were lucky that we grew up in that area at that time. <laughs> yeah, but then the teams all sucked. And then <laughs> the Lakers didn't suck. The Lakers didn't suck at that time. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is that the Kings, who are not original eight, 
um, obviously. And the the closest they ever sniffed the to original a eight. What are they? The fucking wizarding families in the in Harry Potter. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I've been a lifelong Kings fan. I grew up playing hockey. Yeah, I learned it from my uncle, and we had shit teams. Um, mm-hmm. it was Bob Miller. That's his name. Bob, Bob Miller, Miller. That's right. All due respect to Bob Miller. I mean, no disrespect whatsoever. Yeah, no, no. Bob Miller is fantastic. Jim Legend. Fox has been there for almost as, as long as Bob Miller. He's still doing it as the color commentator. He's also equally fantastic. Stu but Lance the, for the Lakers has been there since. Mm-hmm. God, yes, yeah, so with Chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with with Chick. <laughs> the, the the Kings were god awful. Trading for Wayne Gretzky, they got to the champion. They got to the NHL Finals one year in '93 and got swept mm-hmm. by the motherfucking Montreal Canadiens, and then never really sniffed anything until 2012, 2013, when they went into the playoffs as number eight seed, made a fucking run, won a championship two years, two times in three years. Mm-hmm. I cried when they won. <laughs> I I I cried. I called my uncle. And I said. Did it actually, is this actually happening? Um, <laughs> what point am I trying to make? Uh, the point I'm trying to make is that we had the best play-by-plays. We didn't have the best teams outside of the Lakers who had the early 2000s run. And the mid-2010s. the mid Well, they didn't win. Yeah, they did in 09 and 10. Is that the mid-2010s? Sorry, sorry. In the twenty, the mid twenty tens, be like twenty fifteen. They won in time is fucked. In between two thousand and right now, they won. Time, the time, time is relative. That's I, right. I, will, I will grant you that. Uh, the only, I mean, I don't. You know, I didn't follow hockey very much. The only memory I have is going to that game with you. Right. Uh, that was a that was an angel or not an angel? Ducks. God damn, that was a ducks game. Mm-hmm. So when you work for AT and T, and we had box seats. Yeah, for the Calgary Flames. And yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Um, that was dope. I also live hockey is wonderful. Yeah, live hockey is. is fantastic. Yeah, and if you've never been to a hockey game, Go. I recommend going to Staples as opposed to the Honda Center because mm-hmm. it's a much better stadium. Yeah, I've heard the Staples exact Center same. is great. Yeah, Staples Center is fantastic, and so is the T-Mobile Arena <laughs> if you can get into a Knights game. Yeah, and the Crypto.com Arena. <laughs> I, I the the <laughs> T-Mobile Center. Okay, so place. I've never been to a Vegas Knights game. However, I have heard that it is a full-on Vegas production. Yes, and it's fantastic. Uh, um, I have only seen college basketball at the T-Mobile Arena, but it is a phenomenal viewing experience, basically from everywhere. So yeah, and UFC from T-Mobile is the shit. I mean, it's the home of of UFC. They do everything perfectly there. Oh shit. Uh, I can't do it. I can't hit that. (laughs) There's um, we're going to, we're a multi-sport app. There's multi-sport podcast. I want to ask you about that top note on your, on your, uh... I read this article the other day and it was also on a number of other podcasts. Colby Covington was in a poker tournament in Florida of 4,000 people. And made it to the final table and cashed out in seventh for 50 G's. Okay. So I'm going to say this. When I saw that, when I saw poker tournament, my brain just said, oh, that's the World Series of Poker, not a random tournament in Florida. That's what I I thought thought as well. Colby Covington finished seventh at the World Series of Poker. That's like, (laughs) 
that's a big deal. That's He's a, <laughs> honestly, that's bigger in some ways than a UFC title fight. Like, you got to realize mm-hmm. that the World Series of Poker, though, the amount of events you can enter at World Series of Poker daily deep stack event. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and play. Yeah. But, but when you put it like that, like, oh, he made it seventh. I'm thinking final table. He's You're on like, the, you know, God, they've got man, the how good is he sitting poker? there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of my question for you. I mean, I've played poker with Ryan, you know, in big tournaments and in small cash games before. Yeah. What would Kobe Covington be a challenging opponent in poker? Like, I just I can't see him being hard. All right, like, so he plays a character, right? We know yeah. that his persona when he's he's talking on the mic in the UFC is not who he actually is. So we already have established that he's very good at lying. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I just, I never mind. You know, I pull back everything I said. I never want to play poker with him. <laughs> so I am also a poker guy. I think, Aaron, you know that. I do. Um, We've just never had the chance to play. I know. It's just timing hasn't worked out. There's actually mm-hmm. the the big casino who we're not going to name out here at least I don't know if post COVID they do. They had a great Monday tournament set up. <laughs> yeah. um, they can their, pay us if they want us to say their, that's right. Name. In their poker room that by the way, definitely does not have a sports book already built into it, but we'll, we'll keep, <laughs> we'll keep it moving. Um, yeah. I great tournaments. Kobe, yes. Very good tournaments, very well organized and run at least, at least pre COVID. I have not been back since post COVID. Now I'll say this. Colby seems like he would, you know, when you play poker, like the guy who plays the wrong hand, he, he chases <laughs> the, the fucking three on the river, whatever it is. And, he and then it. gets it. He yep. hits every, and by time. the way, that's, he's got four threes and four of a kind beats every other hand. Like, yeah, his name that, or he's just a good solid poker player. Cause you don't get to seventh in a tournament that big without knowing a little bit about what you're doing. I, I'm agreeing with your first hypothesis, and I'm changing his nickname. He is now Colby Badbeat Covington. Do you really think, though, you can fake your way to seventh in a four thousand player field? No. That's what poker is. I, I don't think so. Well, there's a I thing don't think like so. my, he's got uh, talent. My, you can't. Yeah. Have you ever heard the term like you can't win a tournament in the first hour, but you can lose a tournament yes. in the first hour? And it's now, you very can, true. You can run cold, right? And you can just, you can mm-hmm. just slowly. Whittle away, whittle away until you hit hands, but then you have to play them appropriately. Mm -hmm. The element Mm -hmm. of just uncertainty, which we're kind of attributing to Colby, is that he's going to play whatever. Yeah. And when you're playing in a a larger tournament like that, the assumption is most everyone playing understands probability and percentage of hands. Mm -hmm. And if you're adding in an element of unpredictability, yeah you may have a run of success, which this yeah. may just be a long run of success in one tournament. Um, yeah. Because honestly, like, I'm not giving Colby that much credit um, if I'm being totally honest, because I, I sure. just think that he's, uh, a, he's a terrible head. human being. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I mean, it could be luck. I could see what you're just saying luck. What you're describing, though, like if he took a lot of chances early when your more pro savvy players won't, he could build a really strong stack and push people around all the way to the final <sighs> table. Yeah, Maybe. to a certain extent, right? If he was just yeah. hitting on a bunch of hands hot early yeah, and then club and sub. That, <laughs> clubbing and subbing people. Hey, I'm all in. You're like, fuck, I can't, I can't call this. Yeah. And he I would cannot do call that this. Shit. <laughs> 
he would go, I'm all in, bitches. I only need or, one card for a straight. Like, that's the type of shit he would do, and you just fold. <laughs> or and then he's got a fucking gut shot. Like, or people think he's going to play that way, and then he doesn't. And it kind of has the same effect. Ooh, I bet. Right, because right. you have to vary your strategy. That's that's an that's an excellent point in poker is that you can yep. play tight and you can play aggressive. But the thing is that people will pick up on tendencies. So you have to vary your strategy within yep. a given tournament if you're going to, mm-hmm. re- rem- to keep the element of surprise, I, I guess, or just not be picking up on, on specific tendencies. And we all know... I'm sure at this casino in Florida, this holds true. Walk into the poker room, and I don't, I'm not even going to say like Bellagio or Aria or Caesars, like one of the places where all the pros go. Head over to the poker room at the MGM Grand uh-huh. or at the big casino near Ryan and I that we're not going to name. <laughs> there are guys in there who are sharks waiting to take your money. Yep. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they know you don't know what you're doing, your money is good as good as gone. Yep. It's it, And everything works that way, right? I played golf today. I've played, there's actually, I think, Aaron, it's where, near where the good doctor used to live. It's very, very close to my house. It's a... The North Course? No, it's a horribly maintained course. No, before he moved to where he is now, when he was out closer to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe the lakes. Uh, and, other and direction. We, anyway, <laughs> head out. And it's a poorly maintained course, but it's cheap in the afternoons. And uh-huh. I was just trying to get some some practice rounds in. Here's the thing, though. Head over to the course you just referenced, which is just down the road the other way. There's a guy there that will happily play a skins game with you, and he'll <laughs> shoot a 77, and you don't, and you lost all the money. <laughs> oh, there, and, and he's he's not a particularly skilled golfer. He's mm-hmm. just very good at this course. He plays all the time, and you don't, and you're not as good as him. And that poker works that same way, right? There's It does. Go ahead and fig- figure it out. There's a guy there just waiting to take your money. I I, I refuse to believe it's like luck, maybe some of it, but I, yeah. I don't know. The and first... you know what? Pro athletes, man, are just better at stuff. You ever see like a pro athlete play cornhole? Oh, yeah, they don't ridiculous. miss. Every single one goes in the hole. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's they should be judged on how many individual beans inside that bag land closest to the center because yeah. they're that accurate. <laughs> Shit. I mean, I remember the first time I stepped into a poker room in Vegas, and I think it was at the um uh it's not there anymore. It used to be by the Imperial Palace. It's a little Irish casino. Didn't have a hotel. About O'Shea's? Yeah, yeah. They O'Shea's had, O'Shea's they had got s- moved. O'Shea's is inside of the link now. Okay, they had six tables at the time, and okay. I sat down for two hours and with my buddy DW, uh, who Ryan knows, uh an old keyboard player for a band. And yeah, we sat down with with 200 bucks each and we lost 200 bucks each, you know, and And, uh, just a cash game, just a cash game. But Mm -hmm. these are the people, you know, four of the nine people sitting there, they're every fucking day. Yep. So they, they just know who the tourists are and what people tend to chase. And And they're there for 16 hours. Exactly. Exactly. Oh boy. Uh before we jump into two other things in the in the hypotheticals here, I want to talk about Chandler and Poirier, of course, because that just got announced. It uh, did. And, and Jake Paul got canceled. What? Yeah. Hell yeah. So, so yeah. I, I didn't know that Chandler and Poirier became official. When, yep. I didn't when, know that when, either. When is that when is that for? Uh became official. I think it's gonna be in October. Um potentially November. 
Um, October. I don't think it's going to be on the massive 280 card that's that shaping 280 up. Is getting so motherfucking. It stacked. says Woo. it's being fi- close to being finalized for 281. Okay. okay, that's the fight. That's the that's the pay per view right after November twelfth. Uh, the, the Abu Dhabi fight. November twelfth at MSG. So I and I think Ooh, that they can MSG. blow up the advertising for MSG with that fight. So rock on for that one and we'll i mean maybe there's not even much to say about it um but i do want to do a little bit of we're still on the top in poker i'm going to transition to cards because you guys know about my card uh affection uh and for anybody who listens to pretty neat podcast you can buy ufc memorabilia cards just click the ebay link in our show description (laughs) um I had to show you these because my wife and I bought a 12-year-old box that was not opened of cards. And uh, I found a couple of goodies, and I'm sending quite a few of them to you in the mail that I know you will like. For instance, Dana White, his card. I'm sending that over to you, Dom, because uh, I thought you'd like it. But I had okay. to share I had to share this one with Ryan because I'm going to send it to you. And uh, this is 2011. Mike Brown. Can you believe Mike Brown when he was still fighting and not coaching every champion on the planet? Do you mean Matt Brown? No, because Matt Brown is right here. (laughs) 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 And because Matt Brown is staying in my collection and that that smiling motherfucker right there I had to keep. Uh, I also ended up finding a really crazy misprint on a Vanderlei Silva card that I'm still talking to tops with. Where they didn't put his name on the card, they put the event it was instead. <laughs> Interesting, that's a variant right there. Yeah, it's total misprint. We looked it up. We found the real card. We just need to see how many got into circulation. Dom, obviously, I'm sending you that show. Hey, that you wanted, and I found mm-hmm. for you. It looks totally like a yearbook photo. <laughs> but more importantly, Dom, I found you Michael Chandler's underwear. Hey. Oh, there it yeah. is. Michael Chandler's underpants on a UFC I'm not, card. I'm not going to stick my tongue on him. I'll say that. You know, uh, and I'll let you know, my wife inspected it and confirmed these are definitely worn. Ooh. <laughs> so those are going to be on the mail. But uh, hey, if you buy some of our cards on eBay there, that helps keep the show going. And uh, we always send goodies. So if you buy one card you like, it would be very surprising if that cake didn't come with any icing. Uh, So check that out. It helps keep the podcast going. I like to send goodies. And Uh, yeah, what's up? The icing will not be semen. It won't be semen. It won't be dripping all over your card. I definitely take great care in packaging them. That's right. But Man, the other big one that I pulled out of this one that is already on eBay uh, is uh, I pulled out a card with a piece of the mat from George St. Pierre. So it's a piece of the mat that George St. Pierre's feet touched and he drooled on. And uh, that may have some of the icing you were talking about on it. (laughs) Seems likely. But uh, heck yeah, another goodie. Uh, So yeah, check those out. It helps keep the show going. We like talking about it. Um, And you know what? While I'm mentioning on it, props to uh dom fan fellowship member who i met at the cap city comedy club thanks for coming out it was really awesome to chat with you and meet some fan of the show and yeah you're gonna come on you're gonna talk to us uh and meet the other dom uh but i gave him i gave him some cards you know 
That's what I do. I keep them in my pockets. So. I was just going to ask, do you just carry them around? I do. You know okay. why? Because if I meet somebody who says, oh, UFC, yeah, I've heard of that Israel Adesany. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna, Here's his fucking autograph. And I just love seeing people's eyes light up. Uh, so, yeah, it's fun. Okay. I, do, I do carry them in my pocket. Uh, and it, do, it does help me network. It's kind of surprising how far you can get when you surprise someone with a random piece of memorabilia. But uh, I like doing that shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Michael Chandler in his underwear. Dustin Diamond tweeted 11 hours ago that fight news is coming soon. It does appear it will be Michael Chandler. Why do they hate each other? Do they hate each other? Yes. Would you call it hate? It's, I mean... Is it weird that they both strike me as pretty genuinely decent human beings and they both think they're full of shit? Like they're both wearing a face? So Maybe. They, each, they think each other... Is a philanthropist. Oh, really? Hmm. Hmm. Um, interesting. That's the only thing I can think of because they're, they're frankly so pleasant of, of uh, orators... Like I, I, they're they seem to be good guys. I like listening to him talk. Uh, I love listening to Michael Chandler when he goes on podcasts and stuff. I love Michael Chandler. I like yeah. Dustin Poirier too. Yeah, their breakdowns, um, everything. I, I really like it. So I don't understand the animosity. It it could be produced. Mm. I think I think if any of the two that Dustin is probably a little bit more artificial in some of the embedded videos right sure. he, he he seems a little more cocksure than uh michael chandler where michael chandler's more about putting in the work and i think he's really accepted what what he is at this point i want to be exciting i want to fight big names and then if i'm successful you know there's a potential championship opportunity here but i don't think that's necessarily like what he's primarily going after he has been open about that, right? Yeah. He he's been open about his move to the UFC being what did he say? Good time, not a long time. Um, he mm-hmm. he he wants the biggest names. He's had the biggest names. Again, uh, Dustin has a quote: "I'm a dangerous fight for him. I think I'm a cleaner. I'm a clean puncher. Accurate." He called out Connor. I think Connor's a dangerous fight for him too. I'm not saying Chandler's chinny or anything, but he gets hurt in a lot of his fights. And guys like Connor, they can punch if you're getting hurt by Tony Ferguson and drop by Oliveira. Guys like me, guys like Connor, if we touch your chin, it's going to be bad. So here's the thing, Dustin. Charles Oliveira beat the fuck out of you. So just don't talk about him, right? Um, he, Michael Chandler, the, the, again, this notion that he was in trouble against Tony Ferguson, no, he wasn't. Um Ooh. Do you accept the fact that he may have lost the first round? No. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did too. Okay. Well, we could we could go back and look at the stats and rewatch it and, and have the debate at a later time. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Chandler was much closer to beating Oliveira than Poirier was. Some refs would have stopped it, right? Not mm-hmm. Herb Dean, but some refs would have. Um yeah. it's it's <laughs> a weird fight. It's a weird it it you know what it really tells me is that. Connor's not coming back anytime relatively soon I don't because think so. I think they would have done Chandler Connor if they could have mm-hmm. um, the Poirier thing. He hasn't fought in a while. I mean, shit, uh, 
almost nine months now, right? December was the last time he fought. It'll be 11 full months, I guess, the next yeah. time he gets in there, if it is in November. So that's that's a decent layoff. Um, Do you think he actually fights this year? I don't think he does. Poirier? I thought we were talking about uh, Connor. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I meant, I meant Dustin's layoff. Connor, no, 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 absolutely not. Um, Connor, we might not see till next summer, if we see him at all, which we may not. Um, I don't know. I guess it's cool if it happens. I, I do. I don't necessarily think Chandler should be like fighting for the title next. So, yeah. Same. I don't, I don't really think this, I don't know necessarily what the direct implications are on the contendership here when you still have Oliveira and Islam coming up. And I mean, Gaethje has some work to do now. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, is this a contender spot? I think so. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Um, I sure it would be a great money fight to see, to see uh, Oliveira versus Chandler or Poirier again. I wouldn't be opposed, uh, but Islam versus either of them would be, would be great too. Cause we haven't seen him face either. Mm-hmm. So I think there, that's a nice setup for, for the featherweight division or the light. Neil Darius is in there too. Yeah. Next, speaking mean, of, let's be honest. He's not, <laughs> <laughs> he might not be, but he's fighting soon. Finally. So fair we'll talk about that. And before we talk about the upcoming fights this weekend, which I mean, we'll probably breeze over Hey, Jake stalled, right? Jake Paul and the, his fight with what's his nuts is off because of all Asim the weight. Junior. Yeah, I heard that he was pulling some tomfoolery around the contract, uh, and it would have been Jake Paul showing up to fight nobody. Is that right? Word on the street is they reached out to Rockman after Tommy Fury couldn't make it to the states, and were asking questions around what he was doing, what weight he was at with the intent that they were going to bring him in for sparring. And then he got a contract offer like the very next day. And it was like, make 200 pounds. And I don't think that Rockman's ever, ever fought at 200 pounds. He has not. And they were trying to counter like I can make 210 or 215. Hmm. And it it got called off last minute. But I think they really wanted to have that done. Or have that fight? No. Mm, I don't either. Oh, well. Who is they? The Jake Paul camp. That is yeah. correct. Yeah. Yep. Did I'm they a... really want to do that? I don't think so. No. Nah. So the when the fight was announced, the talk was that Jake Paul's camp, the insider talk was that his people had been telling him, don't take this fight. They sparred before. Um, to hear Rockman tell it, it was not competitive. Um, he said, you mess with the footage. They told me I could only use my left. There's, I, I kind of think he's probably telling the truth. He has a much more extensive history and, and experience sort of portfolio than, than Jake Paul does. I don't think Jake Paul wanted it. Did you guys hear what Dana said about this? No. What did he say? I think Dana, Dana was spot on. He said, I don't think they ever intended for the fight to go off. He said that it costs 500 grand to turn the lights on at MSG. And I think they had less than a million in pay-per-view sales. And he said, ultimately 
people, he said, and he kind of like motioned to the, to the arena that he was in, in Dallas. He said, people think this just happens. Like there's a massive team of people in seven days of work that go in. And then the weeks and weeks before that, that go into making this happen. And I don't mm-hmm. think he has the people around him to, to put it together. And you need to get real fight promoters. You can't just. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like people like watching the, you on YouTube for free to be willing there, to pay exactly. that pay-per-view. There is actually, and we talked about that on the show num- a number of times. Like yeah. it's one thing to click on a YouTube video. It's another thing to click buy now for a hundred dollars. Yep. And most of Jake Paul's audience doesn't have a hundred dollars. And we've seen him. We saw him make that video aimed at Connor where he's talking about, Oh, I have more money than you and you're this and you're that. And the, the internet thing works with the internet crowd, but they're not even really paying attention anyway. The, mm. the, the real fight fans, the real fight pros, like they know, they know what the Jake Paul thing is. And, yeah. and it, you, you can't let him get in there with a guy that's that much bigger than him with that much more experience. It doesn't make any sense. Hmm. And as soon as he loses and he's going to, if, if they mm-hmm. continue on this path, mm-hmm. all of it goes away for him. So mm-hmm. you, the reason he doesn't fight actual boxers is because the people around him know he won't beat them. That's why it's not because they can't find a boxer to do it. There's a, I guarantee <laughs> you there'd be a list of 500 amateur boxers who will do it for a quarter of the money. Tyron Woodley got. If that, maybe a tenth of the money. Yeah. Jake Paul's not doing that. He's not doing that for a reason because he knows he can't beat them. There's not enough hours in the day. We're talking about guys who've been doing it since they were five or six years old. There's not enough hours in the day for him to catch up. There's just not. I don't. And, think and this is going to shock you. That's actually what I think about that situation. Yeah. I was not pulling any punches <laughs> at all. Hey, I, I, I appreciate the transparency of your viewpoint. I th- it's a clown show honestly man it's a clown show yeah it seems the Jake like paul thing is a clown show that's what it is if you, if you want it to not be a clown show don't fight nate diaz fight like badu jack <laughs> okay uh, or good. or or fucking i'm badu badu jack might be too might be too big fight <laughs> i mean shit there's so many there's so many guys but right? a boxer <laughs> fight fight a boxer at the right weight class and you know yeah aaron boxer a boxer <laughs> want let's talk about some legitimate fights then yeah what okay. do you say and now it's time for the pretty me podcast picks hey, hey, hey. I have a question before we do that. Yeah. They don't have a women's pound for pound rankings. Oh no. Yes, they do. I'm sorry. They don't have a mixed pound for pound rankings. Hmm. Is Amanda one of the 15 best pound for pound fighters in the UFC? Yes. Really? One of the 15 best pound for pound fighters. Yeah. Okay. Let's qualify that. For her weight class, does she have undeniable stopping power? Yes. Does she have a track record against the best of the best competition? Yes. Is she versatile? Yes. 
She has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. She has shown to be able to adapt her game. Last fight, check. Mm -hmm. I'd put her up there. Maybe not higher than 10, maybe, though. So we're not saying that it means she would beat any of them, the other fighters. Is that your question? Like, in the pound-for-pound ranking... Does she beat anybody else that's in the pound for pound list? The way I see pound for pound is so Kamaru Usman's number one. If Usman and Volkanovsky weighed the same who would win amount of pounds, who would win? Volkanovsky. Really? Yeah, I do. That's so he's your number one pound for pound. Yeah, I think he's he's more well rounded yeah. than Usman. Okay. So uh Dang. Does does, um, does Amanda beat no, I, I'm not gonna take super super issue with that. Volkanovsky's incredible. Does Amanda beat TJ Dillashaw? Uh no. No. And I'm only if even doing the, this if they weigh the same and, and well they do, right? In, They're both 135. <laughs> T, but there's not an issue. Does TJ Dillashaw have more stopping power than Amanda? No. <laughs> what? Wow. Hey, I think TJ would have it on speed. So you think TJ, you think she would beat him in a fight? One to one, as they are now, 135. I think that's possible. That is insane. You're both crazy and you know it. This is the Ronda Rousey would beat Floyd Mayweather in a fight argument, which is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in that my argument. entire life. <laughs> Nobody's making, making all that kinds argument. of people were making that argument. Who's making the Ronda Rousey would beat Floyd Mayweather? Roll it back yes. to 2014. If, if, if you could have takedowns, yes, absolutely. No, of course not. No, Rogan's what? Rogan what? said that Rousey Wait, Ronda, could hold on. Rogan, Ronda Rousey, said, Ronda Rousey if, would if not take, get within. No, she would not get within eight feet if of him. Takedowns were not. allowed. She was a medalist in the motherfucking Olympics for judo. Doesn't matter. We're talking about the best who's ever lived. Dana no White. Chance. Dana he White is and- not stopping takedowns. He's not a sprawling brawl guy. He's a motherfucking He wouldn't have boxer. to. She, his jab is so quick. She's nope. never dealt with anything even remotely like his jab. It would. It would this is absurd. <laughs> if Ronda Rousey in her prime faces Floyd Mayweather <laughs> in his prime, where takedowns are allowed and we can submit people, Ronda Rousey beats Floyd Mayweather. That is fight. true, but no, Dana White. But that is true, but <laughs> Dana White and Rogan both said that Rousey had a chance on the feet with Mayweather, and that's okay. the dumbest thing that's I've ever. Not true. <laughs> it's that's on the podcast. The I remember. No, no, no. Not that they. Not that, that they would ridiculous. be in reality true. That not that they'd said it. I'm sure they said it, but. The yeah. reality of that's not true, but dumb. Come on. <laughs> no, I won't. If she can clinch up and do a hip toss to Floyd Mayweather. Okay. How many, how many men were able to clinch up with Floyd Mayweather and keep him there? I don't know. That would be zero. <laughs> okay. That answer. Oh, and, and here's one more thing. Was she not allowed to clinch with Amanda Nunez or Holly Holm? She didn't have to. What do you, what do you mean was. she didn't have to? No, no, no. She was allowed. Yes, it was within the rules to do Then so. why didn't she do that and just beat them as easily as she would have done the greatest boxer who's ever walked the face of the earth? Because <laughs> she wasn't that good. Nobody said they were I never right. thought you were such a boxing homer. 
Uh, <laughs> see, no, no, you guys just don't like the argument, right? Because well, we don't like it because neither of us are making it. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, I don't, Aaron. I don't think you heard what I said. She, what Rhonda was allowed to clinch with Holly Holm and Amanda Nunez, and did not clinch with either one of them, and got the shit beat out of her. You're gonna yeah. tell me that you're gonna tell me that Floyd Mayweather couldn't punch her faster than Amanda Nunez did? Of course he could have. Right. So Neither clinching. So clinching that. doesn't matter. Ryan okay. says that if they could clinch, she doesn't matter. All right. So then why didn't they, she take down Amanda or Holly? They were better than the she chance. was. Oh, however, so they he, are better strikers than Floyd Mayweather. No, they're better than. We're talking Ronda. about in, in an MMA sense, in an MMA capacity. Which Everyone. we've never seen Floyd Mayweather in. This is so absurd. <laughs> Do you think that within the proper training that Ronda would develop a, a effective low leg kick to limit Floyd Mayweather's movement and then clinch and take him down and then immediately put him into an arm bar and make him tap? How many it? years of preparation time does she have? Not a lot. Doesn't need it. She's she's gonna do it in a six week camp. She's her legs are conditioned and his aren't. I would go as far as to say that fight lasts maybe forty five seconds, and Amanda You're, wins because she kicks his legs out from under him. No, I'm talking about Amanda. I'm talking about Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, Ronda could Ronda too. Rousey. <laughs> Ronda's doing it, and she I'm the homer, and I'm the homer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I fucking love talking. So in the same in the same in, in the same vein of the argument, right? Because they've talked about this, right? Connor fighting Floyd in MMA rules. Do well, that's you have different. The same stance. Connor is much bigger than Floyd Mayweather. It's but different. They're, they're weighing in at the same weight. They're weighing in at one fifty five. Yeah, Connor's a bigger one fifty five, right? Um, it, no, it's different. But Floyd, right, to your point, the best defensive boxer, quicker with his hands. And Floyd's still, Floyd's still going to get, still going to be able to uh, keep that distance? Or you're saying that Maybe. Connor's now going to bridge the gap mm. and win that fight? Maybe. If we were talking about, like, Khabib and Floyd Mayweather. That's totally different. That's a completely Khabib's, different thing. Khabib's specialty is wrestling. Floyd Mayweather would have next to no chance against He would Khabib have no fucking chance. In an MMA. I mean, maybe he catches him with a left hook or something. Nope. Maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. that's... that's, that's I, I wouldn't say there's no possibility, but it's a 1% possibility. It's, it's, it's the Doctor Strange 1 in 14 million, yeah. right? Yeah. One time. One. Yep. But, there's but one outcome. Connor is not the grappler that Khabib is. But even so, right? He's not because the grappler he Amanda is. as an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. You would say that if he gets within clinching distance, he's going to take him down and just pummel him. Who could be? No, Connor. Uh, potentially, yes. yes. Easier than Ronda. Mm-hmm. Ronda's got better judo than Connor. Much better. So I don't know. No, no, no. She, might put she has better scaled judo. Mm hmm. Right. So this is this is this is the argument against like and look, this is not an anti-woman arg- in general argument that I'm about to mount. But you guys may remember there was an argument that when when the Bucks won the Super Bowl two years ago, they started saying Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time, which is true. Then some people were saying, no, Serena Williams is. 
No, she's not. That's insane. Tom Brady is playing against the freakiest, freakiest of freak athletes and the best coaching and the best preparation and, 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 and Serena just has to beat the women who play tennis. It's not like playing in the NFL. The competition is not as high. I'm not taking anything away from Serena. She's phenomenal. She also lost to the 200, 200th ranked man on earth. Nobody talks about that because it's inconvenient, but it's true. <laughs> okay. The, the fucking, the WNBA argument. Oh, you should pay us more. No, they shouldn't. The NBA makes more money. The NBA generates more. I'm so tired of that argument. Right. And if the WNBA worked the way the NBA does, WNBA players would have to pay to play because literally the NBA players are paid based on the amount of money the league generates. It's mostly TV money. The W and the league makes money. The players get like 48 and a half percent of all of that money. That's split to the salary cap. That's how they get that number. The WNBA loses money. So if they want the same model that the NBA has, those players have to pay to be on the team because the league loses money. So there is no revenue to split. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even really mean to go on this rant, but I actually do think Amanda is in the, the top 15 pound for pound. I don't, I don't think it means she would beat any, she's not going to beat Max Holloway. Like that's, that's absurd, but she is more dominant than just about every man on the list, yeah. except for maybe Volkanovsky, Adesanya, and Kamaru. So, yeah, she's she's phenomenal. Her ovaries are definitely bigger than mine. Way bigger than mine. <laughs> hey, we she's got we, a couple we, of stones in there. We should talk. <laughs> we should talk about the uh, the fights coming up on the picks. Since we got a little sidetracked, because you guys have any other questions about women's sports, feel free to ask. <laughs> yeah, hit the mailbag. Go to www.theprettyneatpodcast.com and hit the mailbag. You we don't look. have to like my argument. No. And do no. you know what? If the WNBA was so good, more women would go, but they don't. No, they get locked up. Right? It's Russia. an inferior product. Should Brittany Grinder still be in Russia? I don't know. Hey, I wrote a one liner, by the way. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Well, do you know Smokey the Bear's favorite dating app is Grinder because he's a bear, right? But it's actually he's actually just really afraid of Tinder. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Don't UFC keep, on ESPN. Keep, keep workshopping that one for me, okay? <laughs> UFC on ESPN is coming up this weekend, Saturday, August sixth. Yeah, that oh. is my daughter's birthday. She will not be six. She will be seven. Happy birthday to her. Yeah. And congratulations to you and Paige. Um, this weekend, you get to celebrate with the ultimate fighter finale. Get to watch Muhammad Usman, Kamaru's brother, uh, lose. fight. Lose. You get to watch him lose the heavyweight fight against Zach Pauga. And then uh, Brogan Walker and Juliana Miller in the women's flyweight. Good so, luck. So my girl, Caitlin, did not make the final. No, no. no I, That's I, a bummer. Kind of liked Brogan coming up. I, I'm kind of rooting for her. That's, that's just she me. is the slight underdog here. Yeah, that's just me. But we have uh, a great main event and a great co-main. The main event: Tiago Sledgehammer. Hey, hey, Santos. hey! Don't just breeze over friend of the show Sam Alvey is the freezer prelim. We're getting there. Okay, we're getting I'm sorry. there. All right. Oh boy, oh boy, we're getting there. 
but with Tiago the Sledgehammer Santos versus Jamal Hill, what a great yes. fight at light heavyweight that's going to be. I I am leaning Jamal Hill just based on what he did to Johnny Walker yep. in that last one, uh, despite his hiccup with Paul Craig back with the elbow thing. Whew, I, I'm picking Hill in this one. Uh, I'm picking Hill by decision. Uh, I don't. I think that these are going. These two guys are going to go to war unless uh, unless Tiago maybe can lock up a submission, which uh, is totally possible with him. Um, and uh, yeah, um, but I don't really care. When for... do you think Tiago Santos' last submission victory was? I mean, it was years and years ago, and ever that since would be he... December sixteenth, twenty eleven, sir. There you go. And uh, and you know what? Ever since he teamed up with Yana, uh, now his wife, I think, Yana Kunitskaya, mm-hmm. he really turned up his kickboxing game and, and you know, it helped him against Jones as he kind of got surprisingly good with it, but kind of fizzled out a little bit since then. And um, yep, he is one in three since that loss to John Jones. Yeah, I, I just like the momentum on Hill. Um do you have any thoughts on that before we talk about the co-main of Vincente Luque and Jeff Neal? Um, I think we're going to find out a lot about Jamal Hill. I do too. Tiago Santos, albeit the losses, has not lost via knockout or has not been finished. I should, well, Glover submitted him. Yeah. Um, but separate from that, he was knocked out in 2018. And then mm. in he was subbed and knocked out in 2016 in two separate fights, obviously. Mm -hmm. So he's difficult to finish. Um, We're going to find out a lot about Jamal Hill. He's a a minus 310 favorite. That's significant. So It is. And you know what? Maybe maybe he's a money guy. Maybe he's a name people are kind of recognizing now. Um, And that's why. But uh, Tiago should not be doubted. He, he's a really, really strong and experienced guy. So I think, oh, excuse me, I think the sledgehammer has a chance. Uh, I don't hate a Jeff Neal, Tiago Santos, Muhammad Usman, Brogan Walker parlay. It's unlikely to hit, but the payout would be significant. Yeah. is What's Muhammad Usman and Zach Powell? Uh, Muhammad is a plus 210 underdog that sounds about right and and you know what if you were gonna make a risk on your parlay mohammed has has something you know it's there Mm -hmm. it's in there he has that kamaro thing looks he looks the part (laughs) yeah it's there but he got he reminds me like we've always we've been talking about it he reminds me of uriah hall you know, he 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 has to be there that day. And if he's not, something's going to go wrong. And that's kind of what happened on the show. You know, he really didn't show up in my in what I viewed on the show. He kind of scored his way to this finale. Um, Do you think he wants to be doing this? You know, that's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> And I guess we're going to learn that a little bit more. Um, otherwise, on the heavyweights, we've got Augusto Sakai and Sergei Spivak. Way fun. Sounds cool. But the prelims, we got we to gotta talk about a couple of, of folks on here. 
Mm-hmm. And the, the main one, of course, friend of the show, Sam Alvey coming back. He's obviously on a seven fight. Is it seven or is it eight fight lost streak? I think it's seven. Uh, he had a draw. Well, on that last one with the fucking eye pokes from the what's his nuts seven can say brendan allen seven consecutive or wellington terman sorry yeah um seven consecutive losses he is oh seven and one in his last eight Mm. so sam we're pulling get in there do some stuff because we want to interview you win reverse the tpmp curse yep Mm. Uh, and Terrence McKinney is coming back. I I've liked him. He's a he's a you know meager record with the twelve and four, but I love his attitude. I love his story. Uh, and Eric Gonzalez will be a fun challenge for him. I think that'll be a nice fight. Terrence McKinney, the biggest favorite on the card. Mm-hmm. Minus nine hundred. <laughs> that might be a little much. Versus that, Eric that, Gonzalez, that who feels we both extreme. know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, funny. That feels extreme. Brian Battle also a tough alum, is that right? Yeah, yeah. He yep. was the, he wasn't the winner, but I think he lost in the finale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He lost to the weird guy who just fought last week, if I recall correctly. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Wasn't he a middleweight, and now he's dropping down to welterweight? Yep. Is he? Yeah. This is his. I believe this is his welterweight debut. Yeah. Or at least in the UFC. Also, Brian Battle don't have the nickname Pooh Bear. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that? Are we yeah. sure he didn't win? I'm sure. Because on ESPN, his only loss is 2019. Yeah, but they're not. They're all exhibitions. Tough as exhibitions. This is the Ultimate Fighter 29 semifinal. Wait. Yeah, he did. He did win. He was the other winner. Was he not? Did he beat Trishan Gore? Oh, you're right. Yeah. He beat Trishan Gore. Trishan yeah. Gore was the guy who lost. Yes, yeah, he was the other winner that season. Not that, not the um, kind of like how everyone remembers uh, Forrest Griffin and Bonner, but Diego Sanchez was the first tough winner of the fight before that, you know. So I think that this is kind of his situation. Poor Brian Battle, great That's name. One of those weird sports things, right? Like people think when the U.S. hockey team beat Russia that it was for the gold medal. It wasn't. It was the that was the semifinal game. Yep. Hey, there you go. So I mean that. There's some fun fights on this card. This is going to be an. There's going to be a lot of action. I, I would say. I think there's going to be some some wars. Ryan, you have a thought on Jamal Hill and Tiago Santos? Uh, I think Tiago Santos is washed, and Jamal Hill is going to put it on him. Nice. That's kind of what we were saying. I think he's going to grind it out, though. I think it's going to go five rounds. I think Tiago think will survive. Jamal- is going to grind out a unanimous decision win? I do. I don't think it goes the distance. No? How does he get it done? Johnny Walker part two? <laughs> you think it's possible to knock out Santos like that? No. I kind of don't. No, it, I think it's a cumulative thing where the ref has to stop it. Mm. Okay. I Fair also enough. think Vicente, Vicente puts it on Jeff hands with a Z. Mm-hmm. Of steel, Neil, um, with a TKO stoppage. They should just fuse them into Jeff Neil Magny. Can we just do that and call it a day? <laughs> I'm not opposed. That's a great Zach, mashup. Yeah. Zach Pauga is going to beat Maham, uh, Camaro's older brother. Yeah, I actually think Zach Pauga has real potential. 
I, I like I think what so I've seen well. from him so far. He's a little small for heavyweight, which is strange to say. But Ooh. six foot two twenty five is not going to get it done with fucking Francis Ngannou standing across from you. No, I mean I wish they just had like a a what would that be? Cruiserweight, a cruiserweight, a yeah. cruiserweight division two twenty five. Yep. Or you could even convince me to make it two fifteen. Two twenty five is easier, but yeah. yeah. Brogan and Juliana, that's a wild card because Juliana looks like she has more potential. Mm -hmm. Brogan seems to be the more finished product. Which one of them is on Amanda's team? Uh, Are either of them? They may, I don't. I uh, think they may both be from Juliana's team. I think they might both be from Juliana's team. Yeah, that just goes to show how kind of fucking boring this season was. Yeah, Brogan is from Guam and Juliana is a bjj like specialist who just has like a pretty determined spirit mm-hmm. ryan hall ryan hall <laughs> got the ground game when you see ryan spirit. hall you think determined spirit <laughs> every time he goes for that i role. don't i think i, I think, think like uh, i think about iminari roles guy <laughs> who is an accountant and can just do iminari roles <laughs> yeah is that what we think of Paul Bear Crew, uh, Bear Jew Craig now? I mean, what was that? His performance that against Ozdemir. Yeah, I mean, that was a couple of weeks ago, but mm-hmm. that was a, such a bad game plan. He, oh, he has so much more potential. Yeah, the Onomori roles is what he should be doing. Uh, <laughs> There's my play on words. Uh, this is going to be a fun card this weekend, and I look forward to re-recapping it with you guys next week. That's undoubtedly true. We're we're certainly over on our time today. I don't think it's going to be that fun of a card. I'll say it. Right, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you, I could be wrong. I don't know. Deborah hey, Downer over here. Is this <laughs> is this ten of ten? Is this the tenth consecutive week of fights? Oh, geez, is it? No, because the thirteenth there's there's the one down here in San Diego. So there's got to be something else. Yeah, we got this weekend is here. The next weekend is there in San Diego. Then, is there anything August twentieth? That may be the the first break. Uh, I don't think it is. I think we're going through October or September. I hope. I love UFC and talking combat sports with my buddies, and amongst the other pretty neat stuff we talk about. You know this. You know uh, this to be true. Yeah, this headline on this like weird page of widgets that this web browser opens for me uh-huh. says people are convinced woman is a fairy after magical moth encounter. Hell yeah. <laughs> magical moths 2024. Moth. No, <laughs> moths freak me the fuck out. <laughs> Bug yeah. zappers 2024. Bug zappers. Are you <laughs> wow he just went logged by dom okay we'll see you on the next episode i guess all right moths are just dusty butterflies right i i think they're night butterflies no yeah i i, I don't know they're, they're like the minor league butterflies <laughs> they haven't quite fulfilled that potential i i'm i'm there with you It's 100% true, but it's also because it brings us together. It, it, you know what? <laughs> Violence really does bring people together.